0: Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Best of Fives. This the second installment in a new series which is the Best of Fives, the Best of Bond. Tonight we're going to be talking about the best 5 Bond gadgets. And by we, I mean me. I'm Dave, I'm joined by Smitty. That's Smitty. Dave Smitty.
1: <laughs> and Steve. To Bondfinity and Be Bond. <laughs> Now you promised you wouldn't on. do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We talked about it while you were away. You just you had know. to get it in there. Well, you know, let's let's let the public vote on it. All right. OK, so if you like that, let us know. If you don't like it, really let us know. You hound me on social media until I close my accounts.
0: <laughs>
1: until you change your identity. All I'm right. Like so we-
0: Rats, people. we are going to go down the uh, best five bond gadgets. And you know what I mean by bond gadgets. Um, I don't want to say any because it will probably be on a list, but uh, what made you think of this list? Dave Smitty?
2: Well, I mean, the gadgets are such an important part of the bond uh, mystique. Um, And like we talked about on the previous episode, uh, the Daniel Craig movies rely on them less because the writing is usually better, but, um, and it was always a fun thing, you know, especially, you know, growing up watching this stuff. Like, oh, he's got a thing that is actually a this or it does these things. And, you know, it's always fun to see because, you know, guys, especially, you know, guys like us at our age growing up like that, love the little techno you know, gadgets. And, you know, it's fun.
0: Yeah. You think it is a guy thing, right? I mean, do you think women are like into like this kind of stuff or is this just strictly a dude thing?
2: Ah. Uh, I I hate to speak for women but uh I would say women that are into bond which is probably <laughs> uh a not not a majority um are probably less into the gadgets than the guys um yeah that, I think that's probably true I mean guys women
1: would they're into their they like knives that actually conceal lipstick I know there this you. They're into gadgets. It just works the opposite way. <laughs> right? How do you know? How do you know this was this used on you at some point? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I could just see them marketing a knife that's actually, you know, a, a good shoe, a
0: comfortable, a comfortable Skechers type you, Pump, know, you know, work on your calves.
1: Or it it
2: it looks like an atom bomb, but it's actually a compact.
1: <laughs> sure. So I hope through this we've alienated. <laughs> what few female Bond fans right. there may be out there. Oh, my God. And now it's just us dudes.
0: Yeah. As soon as you start talking, you're like, women that are into Bond. And I was like, oh, boy, where's he going with this? Because <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> women that are into what? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, like let, me just, let me just write that down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the next best of fives. Yeah. All right. So we're going to count them down. Follow along with us, and uh, you know, take note because uh, if, like, I'll say at the end again, we want to hear what what y'all think too. So, if you have one that we missed, let us know about it on social media. So, uh, but give us a shot first. Don't don't just write us off. Let us let us get it out there first. Okay, my number five is from. Uh, I I tended to go a little uh, yeah, a little silly on my gadgets. I'll say this
1: that'd be hard to avoid. I have to say.
0: Yes, it will. Some of my, my favorite scene in any Bond movie is when he does the mandatory, almost seems like, tour of Q's lab. And you're going to get things that will never even be used in the film. And some of mine are those. They're, they're gadgets that Q shows him that he never will ever use. And that's the case with number five. From the world is not enough. It is the bagpipe... Flamethrower and machine gun.
3: Mm-hmm. I suppose we all have to pay the piper sometime, right, Q? Oh, pipe down, 007. Was it something I said? No. Something you destroyed my fishing boat for my retirement away from you
0: because it's just so great it's bagpipes. Because
2: of course you wouldn't want just a machine gun that's a bagpipe or just a flamethrower. You got to have both in there.
0: You got to have the combo. Yeah. This would have been great and I thought about this. I mean, this is a this is a Brosnan. This would have been really great for a Connery. Like mixing in the Scottish, like it almost oh, yeah. like a shot a shot at his Scottish heritage because our James Bonds are They're English, they're Scottish, they're Welsh. Um, It would have been more suited for a a Connery, but I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I believe that was my favorite of the Q's, Desmond Llewellyn.
1: You know, following along with uh, Iva's book, The Essential Bond by Lee Pfeiffer and Dave Worrell. And it's old enough that that The World Is Not Enough is the last entry in it. Okay. Uh, And it divides us into, you know, characters and, and gadgets and stuff. And that is not mentioned. Only because I think they just focus on stuff that he actually, that helps him in his, you know, mission. Yeah.
0: That scene in the movies was always a good comic relief scene. It was usually towards the beginning. You had your big intro, your chase scene. You had your your theme song with the dancing naked women. And now he's going to get his mission and he has to go visit Q. And that was always a time for levity. And Desmond Llewellyn was the best at that. Even better, like I love John Cleese. Nobody loves Monty Python more than me. John Cleese missed the mark, I think. Um, Desmond Llewellyn really hit it on the head. And those things that he'll never use are charming and funny. And this one is is right up right up that alley. So my number five is the bagpipe flame thrower, flame flamethrower, and machine gun. You're here. Excellent.
1: All right. Steve, what's your number five? Dave, I'm going to make you just a little happy with this one because I'm actually going with something from one of the Dalton movies. Ooh. And that would be from The Living Daylights. The uh, And it does uh, it's shown off in the lab and then he, he makes use of it later on. It's the key ring that emits smoke and I think an explosive at one point. And that might sound a little silly, uh, but it gets on my list because... He has to whistle the first notes of "Rule Britannia.
3: I've got something for you. We're just winterizing this. Now, pay attention, 007. Healing finder. (whistles) Surprise me. Now, you arm it by pressing that button there, like that. See? Right, now wear that. Right, now. Whistle the first bars of Rubertania. Stun <whistles> gas. Effective range, ooh, about five feet. Disorientates any normal person for about ooh, 30 seconds. Don't find too many normal people in this business, kid. What do I do to blow up the room? Whistle, God Save the Queen? Well, it so happens, 007, that we've packed the finder with a highly concentrated plastic explosive, sufficient to remove the door of any safe. It's magnetic. The actuating signal is personalized. What's my code? Oh, most appropriate. A wolf whistle.
0: You mean, um,
3: stop! You may find the keys useful. They open 90% of the world's locks.
1: That's awesome. For a, yeah. For, for a man who's so patriotically British and he's had the union Jack parachute in the past and these, and these things. I mean, it, I, I, I would credit the whole series generally for remaining very much Britain first. You now, even in this time where, you know, well, we need to worry about what the Chinese market will do with this movie. <laughs> um, I think rule Britannia, it's, it's, it's a classic touch so not much of a gadget uh, but it's activation alone gets on my list yeah
0: it's the activation
1: it's not the gadget right yeah it could It could. help I don't know it could like find his car in a crowded parking lot for all I care right which would be a, a lot less impressive a gadget but you I want something want- that in my life that I can whistle Wool Britannia into and then some, something cool happens you just want to hear T-Dalt whistle that's all that's a sub 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 fetish that i think only you uh subscribe to t-doll t-doll you can do no oh, wrong.
2: t-doll whistling <laughs> yeah,
1: right yeah 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 let me check the clips for sale site for that
2: <laughs> not a lot so it's a tumblr page the- i guarantee it <laughs>
1: yeah. at this point
0: you could probably call him up and he'll come over and do it for you for a couple of bucks <laughs>
1: Meow. No, I hope he marketed or, or invested that uh, that Rocketeer money wisely and that he's living very comfortably.
0: <laughs> Maybe the Looney Tunes back in action money. He, he really, he's able to retire on that. Well, then there was the hot fuzz money. <laughs> That's true. He's in awesome movies. He's a on. good actor. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my ire up every time somebody says something about T-Dalt that isn't complimentary.
1: All right. Well, for this moment, at this number on my list, living daylights, Way
0: to go. Nice. All right. What's your number five, Smitty? Okay. So I
2: could have filled this entire list several times over just with watches.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Partially because there are so many watch gadgets in the movies and partially because I, I like watch gadgets. I like watches. I mean, I have an Apple watch. I had a Pebble before that. You know, I, I just, I like watches that do multiple things. <laughs>
1: And then this watch will help you check your email. i to
2: bring it back (laughs) in one piece. (laughs) Can you imagine like Sean Connery bond with a, with an Apple watch? He'd be like, I can't believe it does all this anyway. Um, and, and uh, with the, with the martinis and the cars and stuff, bond and, and the guns, you know, bond has progressed through several brands of watches. I mean, originally it was Rolex and then it went Seiko and then it went, uh, Omega, um, and so number five on my list is the Seiko quartz watch from the spy who loved me because, and I agree, Dave, this list is about the silly. It had a telex in it so he could get little, like there would be a little band of paper coming out of it with a message from M or something on it. And I'm like, that's You awesome. are kidding me. Where do you keep the roll of paper in there? <laughs> the little inkjet head is going to be bigger than the watch, you know? <laughs> It just before that, they before they could even conceptualize just like a video screen with with you know letters on it. They're like, oh no, no, it's just going to print out like one of those old timey stock tickers, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, like even Dick Tracy had a they had a two way wristwatch right. radio <laughs> with with, a, with video. I mean, it's
2: crazy. So <laughs>
1: the, telegrams, the, they're coming back. <laughs> out, <right?
2: laughs> yeah, the watch with
0: the uh, Telex printer in it, man. That's that's classic. That is good.
1: I wonder if Daniel Craig should have a Fitbit in the next one yeah right mm, well they won't pass up any opportunity for for product placement of any kind so
0: no they don't anymore everything's sponsored don't by something out. so this watch so this was a Seiko watch because I did see some watches on the lists there were there were there watches in these things that you could buy. Uh, at least something that looked like oh, these Oh, absolutely, yeah.
2: The current Bond, oh, uh, geez, I've heard it said so many times, it's an Omega something master, whatever. Yeah, the current Daniel Craig Bond watch is one you can buy. And okay. I'm sure like uh, the previous ones, if not all of them, some of them were definitely models you could buy minus the gadgets.
0: So they that's kind of cool. I mean, in in that way that it's from that long ago, they kind of had product placement on their mind from the start. So it's cool that it's kind of still happening, I guess. It's like it's one of their traditions. almost. Yeah. And I'm,
2: I'm pretty sure that started with the Fleming novels is that Bond drank this brand gin and drove this kind of car and drank this champagne, you know, so yeah. he was very much the brands that Bond used and consumed were part of his character. And whether or not there was money sent one way or the other in the beginning, certainly it, it is now. But in Dr. No or whoever, when you you know, in from Rushworth, when he's driving an Aston Martin, I don't think anybody's paying anybody. You know, I think no. they're like, you know, Aston Martin's a cool car. We're going to have a drive in Aston Martin and we're going to put missiles in the headlights. And, <laughs> you know, that's what we're going to do.
1: Can I mention as a side note, since we're on this topic, is it really rubbed me raw when. It was it was really ballyhooed that he was going to drink Heineken in yeah. Skyfall. You're right. And I don't know if you remember, but around like in between Austin Powers and Austin Powers, the Spy who Shagged Me, or maybe it was the third one, Austin Powers was shilling for Heineken. And so <laughs> the spoof of Bond, that was his brand of beer. And then that flipped around. Now the suave secret agent is drinking that. I, I, that is one piece of product placement. I never bought
2: that's yeah no i i, I don't i i don't want to bond drinking beer to begin with right beer is yeah. for the common man sorry guys <laughs> 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 this is before the days of craft beer but like you know even
1: a really ethnic beer like heineken yeah, but <laughs> but like, bond now.
2: drinks Dom Pérignon and tatenders champagne he drinks yeah. you know high-end vodkas and gins and he that yeah. like he's he is a cocktail and champagne guy
0: mm-hmm. so uh, the bond spoof was before the so when 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 Daniel Craig did it he was spoofing Austin Powers
1: in a way. I don't no I don't think it was I don't think that it was intentional. I just think Heineken ponied up the dough. Yeah. Okay. No pun intended.
2: None received.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well moving on to number four. I don't know how you guys are gonna feel about this. I may get a little flack because I don't know if this is necessarily a gadget but it's on my list, and I'm going with it. Um, it is from A View to a Kill, and it is the front blade of the uh, snowmobile that blows up that Bond will then snowboard on. So I'm saying that James Bond invented snowboarding. <laughs> in what right. is probably uh, pretty much widely agreed on as one of the worst moments in any Bond movie. Mm-hmm. wait, well, you're
2: forgetting the about the invisible car.
0: Well, the invisible car, yeah, I forgot about that. But the Beach Boys music to the Bond snowboarding down the hill, um, I think that's, that's a cringeworthy moment. But to me, I don't cringe. I revel in it. I think it's fantastic because it's so stupid, and I love it. And so, my number four is a snowboard.
1: Is that a gadget? As Ah. it's not designed to do that specifically, I would say no. But I'm not gonna.
2: Yeah, I mean, next thing we have to we have to interpret these lists to ourselves. But I I did notice a lot of in on that gadget list that the page that I was looking at. There were a lot of things where like, oh, Bond used this as a makeshift this, and I'm like, "Ah, see, that's not a gadget to me. That's just being resourceful. So for me, that's not a gadget, but you know, you be, you do you,
0: (laughs) you do Yolo. Um, (laughs) I'm saying this is a gadget because it's something that he uses to his advantage. Uh, I don't know. I guess that maybe my definition of a gadget doesn't have to be something that's invented in a lab by Q. I'm saying this is a gadget just because I think it's so God awful. That I love it. <laughs> well,
1: that's and thinking outside the box. If I don't know if the box is a gadget, but <laughs> if successfully... Oh, clearly the it.
0: box is a
2: gadget because there's a switchblade in it.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> Easy bake oven. It's that, bo- it's that box that you stick your hand in in Dune.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Number three, the Gamja Bar. <laughs> <laughs> the spice I must flow. That was, a, that was a
0: good... Uh, Kyle McLaughlin whisper <laughs> yell. Right?
1: Steve. Oh, well, well done. I did that? No, was that like was you. me. Oh, that was you? Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to take credit for it absentmindedly. Not <laughs> only was uh,
2: I impersonating Kyle McLaughlin, <laughs> I was impersonating Steve impersonating Kyle McLaughlin. I
0: don't know how you do it. <laughs> Levels. <laughs> you do you. Nice. <laughs> My number four is the makeshift snowboard from A View to a Kill. Sustained.
1: <laughs> Steve, I'll allow it. Steve, Witcher number four? All right. Uh, this was each one of my entries has like a runner up to it. Uh, but I'm not going to bore you with all those details, but, uh, Smitty, I have a watch on my list as well. It is from golden eye. It's an Omega Seamaster. And what kid wasn't wearing an Omega Seamaster watch in 1995? I sure wasn't. <laughs> but this is the one that uh, shoots out a blue laser.
3: Good luck with the floor, James. I set the time as for six minutes. Same six minutes you gave me. It was the least I could do for a friend.
1: <laughs> what does that mean? We've got three minutes. And he uh, enables Bond and Natalia to get out of the train that they're locked in. And I find it to be Just, just south of being ridiculous, like lasers. Bond gets into lasers from time to time, and they're not. It's sci-fi. It's like we don't, we don't have lasers like that, except maybe in like three labs around the world. But he's routinely allowed to use these lightsaber weapons. Uh, It's cool. It's blue, but it's a cool color. It looks good on screen. He uses it for practical purpose, and. I believe it had a it didn't have a magnet magnetic function as well, which you could utilize in the Golden Eye and the 64 game.
0: Oh yeah, I think you're right. I used to play that a lot with Chris and Tim from Star Wars and Character, and I never knew what the hell was going on, but I do remember that.
1: Any listeners, if you're still stuck in the jail cell, use <laughs> <laughs> the haven't magnet. Been able to run around. I think it's the facility. Use the watch. It will bring a key. But. Uh, if, if I had to pick just one gadget from a watch, and I am, that would have to be the laser Omega Seamaster. And so we fixed it. it. Dude, they had,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they had to, uh, because that was a kind of reboot of spawn, uh, respawning of Bond. They had to um, kind of go back to the old tropes. And it is a new Bond. People are expecting this, this, and this. And one of the this is is gadgets so they probably felt a lot of pressure to add things like that. Do you think?
1: Absolutely. I they do that again and again. There's no, I don't think there's any film series that does it as much as like, like throws Easter eggs to you know past fans. There's a lot of dare I say wanking, uh, and and yeah, that was that was definitely that was had to be on their checklist. Right. Of Bond in the 90s. Yeah. And wanking right yeah so it it, that's (laughs) funny
2: you bring that up because the 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 Brosnan bonds kind of re-bringing back the the series after eh, a few fallow years kind of reminds me of Force Awakens trying to bring back Star Wars after the prequels you know it's like all right we're just going to do a whole bunch of fan service right now for a couple of years and bring you all back all right let's do this
0: agreed now when you say fallow (laughs) Are you are you blaming someone? Smith <laughs>
1: <laughs> Certainly not Timothy Dalton. Certainly not license to kill.
2: Just the the writing and acting are going on around him. <laughs> okay.
1: Are you blaming Richard Davi? <laughs> oh no, I love
0: Richard Davi.
1: <laughs> okay. I do too. You, you can't be blaming Benicio del Toro and his switchblade of menace.
2: Oh <laughs> man, when I watched that when I was researching for this, it was I was like, Oh, I forgot he was in that. Well, I didn't forget. I didn't know him at the time, but man, that was awesome to see him in that movie.
0: <laughs> All right. What's your next one? Smitty. All right.
2: My number four. So you talked, you mentioned, of course, the fact that in, you know, 80% of these movies, he has the scene at the beginning, you know, near the beginning of the movie with Q where he's going through the whole thing and showing you a bunch of stuff that they're never going to use. That's just fun and then here's your two or three things that you're probably going to use. And sometimes they require a little explanation. Oh, to activate this, click it three times, or whistle the theme song to whatever, you know.
1: The theme song to England. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this one made the list purely because of the amount of explanation and stuff that's in this one. And it's an early one. It's, from Russia with Love, the survival briefcase.
0: Cube branch
3: is put together... A smart-looking piece of luggage for us. We're issuing this to all O personnel. An ordinary black leather case with 20 rounds of ammunition here and here. Now, if you take the top off, you'll find the ammunition inside. On the side here, flat throwing knife. Press that button there, and out she comes. Inside the case, you'll find an AR-7 folding sniper's rifle. .25 caliber, with an infrared telescopic sight. Then, if you pull out these straps, inside are 50 gold sovereigns. 25 in either side. Now, watch very carefully. An ordinary tin of talcum powder inside a tear gas cartridge. That goes in the case against the side here like that. It's magnetized so it won't fall. Shut the case. Now, normally, to open a case like that, you move the catches to the side. If you do, the cartridge will explode in your face. Now, to stop the cartridge exploding, turn the catches horizontally, like that. Then, open normally. Now, you try it. Hmm. Turn the catches like that. That's right. And open ordinarily. You got it? Yes, I think so. Is that all, sir? Yes, thanks very much. That's right. yeah. yeah, a nasty little Christmas present. But I shouldn't think I need it on this assignment, sir. All the same, take it with you. Good luck, 007.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? So it's a briefcase. Inside of it is a gun. 50 gold sovereigns because, I don't know, you're going to need to buy your way out of something with gold sovereigns.
1: In case in case pirates should capture yeah, you. Yeah,
2: exactly. If you're out of the country and, I don't know, money doesn't work and you just need pure gold, sure, great. Tear gas, ammunition, and a throwing knife. And I just remember, it's been a while since I've watched this one, but I just remember him going through the whole thing about, you. well, you flip this and turn it around, and then you get the sovereigns that are in the lining, and then you've got the tear gas if you hit the numbers just the right way. And then when he... When he went to use it, right? He used three quarters of that. I don't think he used the sovereigns, did he? I don't remember. But <laughs> no, like he had to that. use half of the gun, he, the he ammunition. Got to a very, uh, very
1: expensive bus, right? Like exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> exact change only. Damn it! Would you have change for a sovereign? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that one just for sheer over the top explanatory power is the briefcase. That's,
1: That's a maybe good one. can I can I mention it, it didn't, it didn't make my list or anything, but uh, it's worth pointing out that in from Russia with love bond does get uh, like a, a ahead of its time pager. It's uh, talk, talk, talking about, you know, I mean, he might've had a telex in his watch later, but he had a pager in the early sixties.
2: Oh yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah.
0: yeah. I saw a list online and looking up some stuff of things that were in bond that are real things today. I mean, kind of like, like, there are in, like, people have these lists about everything, like, Back to the Future. There's, like, all these things that were in Back to the Future 2 that then were science fiction, but we have them today. And there are a lot of things in Bond
1: like that that exist.
2: Oh, I don't doubt it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Bond predicted Terry Hatcher way before <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> and Benicio Del Toro. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, the glorious future of Benicio Del Toro promised to us did come true.
0: <laughs> See? I uh, credit T-Dalt. <laughs> All right, my number three is in that same vein of uh, Q showing Bon around the lab. And this one is very retro because it has to do exactly with that time. And I actually like this kind of, because it's kind of almost a shot at at Americans which I appreciate and it is from the Living Daylights the Ghetto Blaster oh yeah I, I saw that one in the list <laughs> I think it doubles as like a rocket launcher or something mm-hmm. it, he never uses it once but Q specifically says in the scene that he has made this for the Americans
3: Ah, oh, good
0: Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. Which I think is great because it was like, is that what, like, they're saying, like, that's what some old British codger would think of Americans. That it's a bunch of, like, hip-hop loving people that carry around ghetto blasters on their shoulders. I mean, that that's always a thing in movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and in pop culture. Uh, we all grew up in the same town. Did you ever once see someone carrying a radio on their shoulder like that?
1: No, no I think but that I might have been part of the that Reagan era, like crime panic. So was going on, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I agree oh that. Oh my god, the myth of crack. We
2: we <laughs> didn't really see that in Quaker Town. Although I I owned two <laughs> two boom boxes, I didn't carry them around and play them out loud. Um, right. But Quaker Town is fairly suburban, and I live in a more urban area now. And when I take the train to and from San Francisco. Quite often, or on the buses in San Francisco, there'll be some some guy, and, and this is great, this is the 20-teens version of the Ghetto Blaster. There'll be some guy, it's always a guy, playing either his like music on his phone speaker way loud, <laughs> or, and this is the best, a Bluetooth speaker sitting on his lap from yeah. the music from his phone playing out the Bluetooth speaker really loud. Yeah.
0: And everyone has to hear
2: it. Yeah, everyone has to hear it. I'm like, okay, this is where we are now.
0: (laughs) This is the 2017 version of that scene on the bus from Star Trek IV. Exactly. Okay. So
2: I think it was a thing. So, you know, the British making fun of Americans with the ghetto blasters, I think that was definitely a thing in the 80s in the more urban areas because it still happens. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I guess I guess it was. It just seems so cliche. Like I had one too. I think everybody our age had one. Like a like a big boom sure. we called them not ghetto blasters yeah. but boom boxes. Yeah, boom boxes. We had Yeah, we had them. Um The amount of money you had to spend on batteries to carry one of those things around was substantial. Yeah, like six D I mean, batteries. Yeah, there there's big honking batteries. That would cost you in today's market. $20 just in batteries. Or six was
2: months year. of getting your free battery every month at Radio Shack.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I love that. It was the 80s. They had an 80 that was there. You can tell the bond by the by the gadgets almost in, in some ways. Or you can tell it by, by the tone of the movie. And the Timothy Dalton bonds were very 80s. Mm-hmm. And this lends right into that. And that is my number three, the Ghetto Blaster. Excellent. Nice. And it makes a larger point.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Steve. I'm only doing this for you <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry I'm sorry. If, you, if you'd like a little more, I could I could antagonize you a little bit, but no. I'd like that too. You haven't pissed me off.
0: Oh, okay. Well let's hear your number three. Maybe I'll piss you off. We have to get some more antagonistic
1: people on this show. Yeah. Next I issue. So. I <laughs> ask you, Jack Damond. Patty Patty puke puke. <laughs> my number three, oh, now we're getting into uh cars 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 gadgets yes i'll
2: i'll okay. give it to you because they got so much f- extra stuff in them so yeah
1: i guess it's not the car it's the yeah it's a little i was, I was thinking of
2: doing it. a whole thing on cars at some point but yeah i think it's a mm-hmm. crossover
1: okay then i will continue uh we we hinted at the invisible car earlier and that is not my choice because that really that got into i i i i guess they're working on various invisibility technology and that it might come about we'll have that one day it got it got too far but tomorrow never dies 1997 we had the remote control driving car
3: for seatbelt. Reduce speed. Pedestrians in
1: roadway. Yeah. And that seems, uh, that seems almost within our grasp as negligent and irresponsible as that would be. You bastard. But, but Bond, not only is he instantly good at it, he's able to use the little directional pad on his Samsung or Nokia or whatever it was in 1997. It was an Ericsson. It, it was Ericsson. Of course. Thank you. Uh, it's a centerpiece. The shootout and chase that he has in the, in the parking garage in, I want to say Stuttgart, hmm. is, okay. I think... Is a very well executed action piece, and he does it all while driving from the back seat. Extra degree of difficulty for that. Uh, so, not every car from the Bond series works for me when they become in submarines and space shuttles and stuff. But the remote control car driver makes my list.
0: That's a great one. That's the best scene in that movie. That car. That that By parking Roger garage.
1: Ray. Okay. <laughs> Wow!
0: All right. And since we're fans of the music, that is a really, really great piece of score. Uh, I guess David Arnold—that was, that was David Arnold—doing the score at that time. And the name of that piece is called "Backseat Driver." Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's so. It's like it's super. It's super tense. Good choice.
1: I, I definitely put that one on a on a CD that we played at the theater.
0: Hell yeah, Backseat Same. Driver. Yep. Well done. Thank you. All right, Smitty, what's next? Number three.
2: Well, I agree with everything you just said, which is why my number three is your number three. I think we get a blaster. No, no. uh, With Steve, the, the phone. I forget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Say what I said, but better.
2: Right. So uh, like, yes, that scene was great. Love the the fact. And I think I was working for Nokia at the time. So I was into cell phones. Um, and seeing, oh wait, maybe not. What year would your deck come out?
1: Tomorrow never does. That was
2: ninety-seven. Oh, so I wasn't doing that yet. So December cell phones 20s. were new for uh, very much a new thing. Um, and I, I, from the the web page that I found, it's an Ericsson JB nine nine eight mobile phone. And In addition to being the remote control for the uh, car, uh, it was a stun gun, a fingerprint scanner, and a lockpick. <laughs> so that was That's quite great. the. Uh, um,
0: don't forget, it was knife. a French press, I
1: believe, as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and a loom a waffle maker. <laughs> All right. So that's cool that you guys had the same exact one for number three. Yeah. So Ghetto Blaster, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> My number two actually appeared, well, I don't want to say in two movies, definitely one in one in and a different version of it in another one. Um, I always liked the character Felix Leiter when he would pop up in movies, no matter who he was. Oh,
2: playing. I know what you're going to say.
0: So this lends perfectly to his name because in Live and Let Die, there is a cigarette lighter in Bond's dashboard that he uses to connect to contact Felix Leiter, and it's called the Felix Leiter.
3: What would a foreign prime minister like Kananga want with an American gangster? The question is, what would Mr. Big want with a two-bit island diplomat?
1: Mr. Big? Where the hell does he fit into this mess? A genuine
3: Felix Leiter. Illuminating.
1: (laughs) Now listen, James,
3: we just found out that Kananga's got a private plane, and he's leaving for San Monique within the hour. Well, then get me on the next available flight, will you, Felix? I already did. I just knew you wouldn't pass up a
1: chance to get away from where the real action is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <'cause, Hey-o. laughs> even though it's spelled differently, um, I just love that idea that he would have something in his dashboard that would do that. The, it kind of comes back a little bit later in a different form in *License to Kill*. Uh, Felix later, we—I mean, we mentioned that 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 is a really awful movie, but I love it. And it starts with Felix later's uh, wedding, and he gives Bond. A gift. It is a real lighter um, <laughs> that is also a flamethrower. I think, but it's also called the Felix lighter. So, really, really, the two different things. I mean, I mean, specifically the one in Live and Let Die that is in his dashboard to contact his American buddy. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know well enough the movies to know how many films Felix lighter is in. But I think it was always a good addition. Can I have him in too much? Uh, but I like the way he was used in all the movies, and I like the fact that Bond would have that in his dashboard. So my number two is the Felix Leiter from Live and Let Die.
2: Nice. All right. Yeah, Felix Leiter is always an interesting character. <clears throat> that may get his own best of fives on this, but the fact that like you know eleven or twelve different people have played him is is hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Jeffrey Wright did a good job, I think. Not that long ago. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself if yeah. we're going to do a list. But Felix I, Darker. oh, <laughs> Jamal Lighter,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, fe- the uh, Ghetto
1: Blaster Lighter.
0: <laughs> he
2: might have been one of the. He's probably played him in more movies than anyone else. Yeah, he got to do it a couple of times. Yeah, it's like they they started with with uh, Casino Royale, and it just to to do the continuity. You know, they went, what? Oh, I don't remember. Did he die in the next one? I forget. I don't think so. We're
1: yeah. talking about Robbie Coltrane, right? <laughs> Anybody? Oh, he's better. another good one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anybody's better than the guy that played him in License to Kill because that guy, that guy looked like a mattress salesman. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that guy had no business plan, any kind of spy. But I love it. T <laughs> Right. All right, Steve. What is your number two?
1: All right, number two. I, I made a called an audible here because I was not sufficiently happy with what I was originally going with here because I don't think a boat is a gadget. So I am instead going with uh, Smitty. I think you said that uh, the the Daniel Craig movies are light on the gadgets.
2: They seem yeah. to be lighter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are, or at least they're more hard-boiled, down-to-earth. more, more grounded, kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, they don't fetishize it so much. And yet, and yet, it's in Casino Royale. Conveniently, mid-movie, Bond is poisoned, and he starts to go into some sort of heart attack situation. Lurches to his car, because what's right under the dash? Defibrillator panels. Nice. <laughs> of course. 007.
3: Bond's been poisoned. He's going into cardiac arrest. Stay calm and don't interrupt because you'll be dead within two minutes unless you do exactly what I tell you. <laughs> I'm all ears. Remove the defibrillator from the pouch. Do not you know what it is yet. I'm still scanning. Take the blue combi pen, Bond, mid-neck, into the vein. That will counteract the digitalis. You're going to pass out in a few seconds and you need to keep your heart going. Push the red button now, Bond. Bond, push the damn button.
1: Do it now. How often have MI6 agents in the field been poisoned or maybe just had one too many plates of bacon? <laughs> Um, suddenly they start to feel a little chest pain. You bust out that defibrillator. You're fine. You go back sure. in, you finish that card game and you vanquish evil. <laughs> it's That's a great one. It's yeah, pretty ridiculous in the movie that was hailed as like, well, this is like such a gritty real life grounded James <laughs> Bond. What with the right with the parkour and the, uh, defeating the bad guy through poker. Hmm. <laughs> And then there he is. He goes through hell that night. Not to
2: mention the nut torture. Yeah.
1: I, I was getting to that. <laughs> Do nuts count as, does, does a chair without a seat count as a gadget? Talk slower. <laughs> <laughs> we got
0: to talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah. Because mm. I have a whole theory about that.
1: Top five or er, best of five nut scenes. What, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say
2: best of five villain monologues.
1: I right, might
0: as well talk about it now,
1: since this is
0: a reboot again. And Bond is a known Lothario. He lays a lot of pipe. Let's let's <laughs> let's be let's be frank. Um, is that scene where they just go to town on his nuts? Is that scene maybe an explanation of why he never has kids? Oh a good point i'm 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 putting this out there for anyone to to ponder that maybe that scene where he his onions just get destroyed (laughs) that he continues he heals and he's still laying pipe to this day hopefully that uh you know his, his boys were damaged and because of that he will not sire a child because it, there's never you you thinking all the women that James Bond beds in all those movies one time somebody's slipping through you know he he's gonna be a baby daddy at some point but it never happens
2: the, the comedian Lenny Henry does a bit about that from I don't know 20 years ago that uh, yeah? Matt and I used to love you know it makes that point exactly like he's doing girls left and right and never asked for a condom like what's mm-hmm. the deal
1: <laughs> doesn't he have children everywhere <laughs> You know what's a great contraceptive? Having Heineken on the nightstand. <laughs> it's a, that always does the Or draw. also having every Maybe girl I you... Sc- you, James. <laughs> or having Call every girl kid. you screw
2: die in the next scene. Well, <laughs> except for Terry Hatcher, apparently, until way later. Well,
0: I'm just putting that out
2: there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I would also think that even if that... Well, let's not get too deep into the nut torture, but I would think the first... The first hit that that Mads Mickelson does would do the <laughs> would do the job, but uh, yeah. you know. Uh, even so, you would think if they, I mean, are are other double agents in any way like James Bond? You know, you got to get into situations, you got to seduce people. You would think maybe they'd have some sort of chemical, you know, solution to this problem. That maybe they're just sure. like, eh, we Ball
0: don't
2: need to protected. worry about it. <laughs>
0: But they could sterilize all those guys.
2: Sure. Even temporarily. The stuff they got in the in the Q Q's lab. Wow.
0: Sure. This is I think be a lot to think about, guys. We're on to something here big oh, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of balls, Smitty, what's your number two? Well, my number two, uh, Good again. segue. Nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Goes back to the um, and I was afraid you were gonna scoop me with this one, but you went a different direction but it's another Q explaining something that that never gets used. And this one is my number two because it is so ridiculous. You know, they, he shows it and you see how it could work and you're like, well, when would you ever be able to use that? That is so specialized. Like, like the bagpipes, like really? And it is in golden eye Q wheels up in a wheelchair and bonds like, Oh, I'm sorry about your leg or whatever. And then Q shoots a missile out of the, out of the cast because yeah. it's a fake cast and it's like oh mm. alright. Sure. We'll we'll go with that.
3: Morning Q. Sorry about the leg. Huh. Skiing. Hunting.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. That works on so many levels. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is the kind of <laughs> we mentioned, like you already mentioned Awesome Powers a couple of times. I think people forget. Maybe they're not forgetting or just haven't seen it. The thing that does this way better is the Johnny English movies. And this, Wait, they this made is, more than one? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny English and Johnny English Reborn. Oh, God. I'm telling you, are solid. And they do the Bond thing step by step, and they do this – kind of stuff where he's seeing his gadgets and stuff like this it's really to me way better than Austin Powers so I just want to give Johnny English a shout out if that's okay
1: too late now (laughs) too late to stop fair
2: enough I might have to watch them now because they looked really horrible (laughs) or the first one I didn't even know there was a second one. they're solid I'm telling you they're solid and I love Rowan Atkinson so I'll give it a shot on that same vein have you seen The Kingsman no,
0: but I heard awesome things.
2: Yeah, about it. I really liked it. For think, the most part
1: men and
0: bloke.
2: Men and bloke. Nicely done, Steve. <laughs> point Thanks, point I've been for Steve on to that one for a while.
0: <laughs> Steve wins the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and now there's a sequel coming out, which I didn't think would happen because I thought there was no way that first one, even though I liked it, I d- thought there was no way that would make enough money for a sequel, but apparently it did, so good for them.
0: There's a whole mythology behind that, isn't there? I mean, the Kingsman like this is a big thing for some people.
1: Oh, it's a comic book, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know so what? Good. I think there might be a future in comic books turned into movies. The hell you say? <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So, are we done with? Are we ready for Let's our number ones? Go to number one. All right, my number one is actually probably the most serious thing on the list, and this might. Uh, Go against the the rules as well. Um, and I'm not saying I'm sure you're going to do a whole, maybe do a whole episode on weapons, or not even weapons per se, but just guns. Because my number one is a gun, but it's not necessarily the gun. It's from Skyfall. It is the Walther PPK 9mm, but it's not necessarily the gun. It's the palm print reader that is in the handle that has to read Bond's palm print for it to even be able to be fired.
1: Both a PPKS nine millimeter short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip.
3: It's been coded to your palm print, so only you can fire it. Less of a
1: random killing machine, more of a personal statement. Mm-hmm. Go
0: on. So it's not it's not the gun necessarily. It's the it's the uh, technology in the grip that has to read his palm. I think that's really cool. And I don't think that that with, with fingerprint recognition and that kind of stuff, that's probably something that's not that far out of reality either. Oh, yeah, we could totally do that right now. I mean, it's how we all yeah. use our phones. Well, not you, Dave, but how
2: normal people use their phones <laughs> right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like my phones like I like my Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Old and out of shape,
1: <laughs> old, old and from the '80s, <laughs> choppy and clunky.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that palm print thing. I think is cool because then it's um, it's a safety measure. It's not necessarily the other thing I like about it is all these other things are kind of like weapons or kind of things that he can use to hurt someone else. This is a device that is is implemented to keep him safe. It's it's used to to not hurt him necessarily like if he were to lose the upper hand in a fight and somebody got his gun they are gonna do anything with it I I just think that that part of it is cool it's not necessarily a gun it's the palm print that's my number one yeah that's
2: that's cool and I think I don't remember where I read it it might have been researching this because I came across that same thing that in the RoboCop movies I think is two RoboCop two or three uh, RoboCop had the same deal like his gun couldn't be fired except from his hand but it's
1: in Judge Dredd as well. This is it Judge uh, Dredd? Yeah.
2: Somebody gets framed. Five
1: strikes again. <laughs> uh,
2: but, but I think in Robocop, they framed Robocop for shooting somebody by getting one of the prototype Robocop hands and using it to fire the gun.
1: Well, they do that in Judge Dredd too. Oh, maybe it was Judge Dredd. Am I thinking well, they, about Judge Dredd? Because Armando Sante is like a clone of. Sylvester Stallone. If you buy that, oh, and well, that's so that the only one able no, to okay. activate the gun because he has his DNA.
2: Right. No. So this one was cop because they actually just—I remember reading—they took one of the prototype hands out of the lab and used it to fire the gun. Yeah. Hmm. It's funny that they did it in <laughs> tread as well. Yeah, I know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The old the old handprint to to secure the gun thing. It's a good idea, but apparently it doesn't work all the time.
1: Uh, Dave. M. Um, Am I mistaken? Is is that not a a callback to something in Living Daylights? Am I like totally high right now or drunk on raspberry beer? <laughs> I don't does, remember enough.
0: Does he have a uh, like a palm recognition thing in that I, too? I I I'm asking might. you.
1: You have you've, you're you've studied these movies. I extensively. don't remember. I haven't studied them extensively, but you studied I the daltonics of it. I studied
0: Timothy Dalton. Ah. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. And if that is the case, then I renege on my Skyfall and I'll transfer it right back to that.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's my number one. What's yours, Steve? Glad you asked. I have got to go with, it ain't the car. All right. The car is the Aston Martin DB5. But from Goldfinger, it would be the many, many gadgets that this car is equipped with.
3: You'll be using this Aston Martin DB5 with modifications. Now, pay attention, please. Windscreen bulletproof. As are the side and the rear windows. Revolving number plates naturally. Valid all countries. Here's a nice little transmitting device called a Homer. You prime it by pressing that back like this. You see? The smaller model is now standard feel-issue, to be fitted into the heel of your shoe. Its larger brother is magnetic. Right. To be concealed in the car you're trailing, while you keep out of sight. Reception. On the dashboard here. Auto visual, range 150 miles.
2: Ingenious and useful too.
0: Allow a man to stop off for a quick one en on route.
3: It has not been perfected out of years of patient research entirely for that purpose, 007. And incidentally, we'd appreciate its return, along with all your other equipment. Intact for once when you return from the field. Well, you'd be surprised the amount of wear and tear that goes on out there in the field. Anything else? Well, I won't keep it for more than an hour or so if you give me your undivided attention. We've installed some rather interesting modifications. You see this arm here? Now open the top and inside are your defense mechanism controls. Smoke screen, oil slick, rear bulletproof screen, and left and right front wing machine guns. Now this one I'm particularly keen about. You see the gear lever here? Now if you take the top off, you'll find a little red button. Whatever you do, don't touch it. No, why not? Because you release this section of the roof and engage and fire the passenger ejector seat to You're joking. I never joke about my work
1: 007. That are offensive and defensive. And I'm not even talking about the machine guns, but this thing has absolutely got to be the, the, uh, the, the influence uh, of the origin of the Spy Hunter game.
2: Mm, the old yeah. arcade game. Oh, I yeah. love that game.
1: I mean, it's almost like the Spy Hunter people might have had to pay money to Eon Productions because your car in that game has the oil slick, the smoke screen, it shoots something out of the front of it. All these things in that car. I mean, this what was that? That was like uh, James Bond Three, I think, right? And they realized like, what could we do that we haven't done in the previous two? How about a car that does everything? <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, the uh, damn ejection seat. Yeah. I mean, this stuff. Mm-hmm. This just this sent waves through the franchise and other franchises for for decades to come. So to I haven't, I haven't got a lot of words for it, but uh, oh my god, what a cool car! Yeah, bulletproof yeah. shield, got to protect from bullets. That's right.
0: There's an answer for everything in that car. It's a Swiss Army car.
1: You know, the only thing it doesn't have what defibrillator panels. <laughs> well, you covered that already. Well, I know, but you know, they weren't anticipating Bond being poisoned back then. No. Or bacon.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, bacon was a health food in the 60s. So The man, so the man smokes
1: four packs a day. Do you think that he is, his heart might be at risk? <laughs> no. Right. Nah.
0: Very good. What is your Smitty, to round this out?
3: Uh,
2: so my number one is once again, odd job. Oh wait, no, sorry. Wrong list. Um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist putting another watch on this list. Um, and this is from one of the best slash worst bond movies, live and let die. The black exploitation movie, which had so many good things like Baron Samdi and Jane Seymour and so many other bad things. But this uh his watch in this one is a Rolex Submariner and he uses it in two ways in in the key scene at the end with the magnet to attract the little explosive um compressed air bullet to him which he uses to blow up uh the guy the, the bad guy at the end
1: Yafet Koto.
2: Yafet Koto, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Kanenga, that's his name. That's what I was trying to think of. And has the buzz saw, so the little uh, bezel that spins at high speed and can cut through the ropes. I thought that was very fun. So the Submariner watch with the magnet and buzz saw is my number one. <laughs>
3: did have an inflated
0: opinion of himself that's a good one he spends like the last 20 minutes of that movie underwater he spends if, if you probably uh clock the a amount Mariner. of
2: underwater <laughs> right underwater minutes in all the bond movies
0: it's a lot yeah well it's it just instantly lends itself to tension sure doesn't he have some kind of gadget in that, too, that's like a shark bomb or something? Like the sharks are attaching, attacking him, and he's got a shark bomb. He's like Batman, man. He's got his... <laughs> Yeah. He's the British Batman. He's the British Batman. I think
1: Batman was British for a while.
2: <laughs> no, that would be the Batman. Christian Bale? The Batman.
1: The Batman. He was son of a bitch. Good line.
0: All right, so let's go back through the list just uh, for uh, keeping track's sake. My number five gadget was the uh, Bagpipe Flamethrower from The World is Not Enough. Uh, number four was the Makeshift Snowboard from A View to a Kill. Number three, the Ghetto Blaster from The Living Daylights. Number two, the Felix Lighter from Live and Let Die. And number one, the Palm Print Reader on the Walther PPK in Skyfall. What about you, great, Steve.
1: great list. Uh, Smitty, I, I don't know. Did you mention the magnet that's in that watch as well? The Rolex? Yes. Yeah. You did. Okay. Sorry, I tuned out for a moment. I was drinking my delicious beer. Mm, yeah, raspberry beer. beer will do that to you. He uses it to undo the zipper on the show. Oh, shake. right. Right. That was the other we used to do for That is an it. even better reason it is. for what you, what you picked. Yes. So, well done. My top Good five pick. was the key ring that emits smoke that is activated by whistling the first bars of Rule Britannia, Britannia Rules the Waves. It's the Living Daylights. At a watch at number four from Goldeneye, the Omega Seamaster with laser. From Tomorrow Never Dies, the remote control driver for his car. She activates through his Ericsson phone. Uh, thank you for the fee that Ericsson paid to be promoted here. Number two, the defibrillator panels that come standard with his car in Casino Royale. And at number one for its millions of uses including smokescreen oil and uh, I think maybe missiles under the headlights the Aston Martin from Goldfinger and a Please. good
2: reference to the spy hunter game because I played that game a lot and it had all of those things but the music was from Peter Gunn. yes and a, I loved that strange, music but you know that they stuff. they would have if they could afford it they would have used the James Bond music exactly good game all right my number five was the seiko quartz watch from the spy who loved me that printed out messages my number four was the survival briefcase with gun 50 gold sovereigns tear gas ammunition and throwing knife from 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 russia with love uh my number three uh i same as steve the ericsson mobile phone that could remote control the bmw My number two was the Q-Branch Leg Cast Missile from GoldenEye. And my number one was the Rolex Submariner with the magnet and buzzsaw from Live and Let Die.
0: All right. Yeah, so like I said, uh, we we went over a lot of cool stuff here, but there's so many more, especially in the older movies, and there's some of the best and most fun parts of the movie. So if you uh, have some of your own and you want to throw them on the Neo as Facebook page or uh, at Neozaz on Twitter, uh, we even have an Instagram account. Let us know because that's the fun thing about this is the... not necessarily the debate, but things that people thought of that you never thought of. And it's happened a couple of times already with these gentlemen. They're thinking of things that I'm not thinking of, and that's the fun part about these discussions. Um, it's the kind of thing where like you could sit down in a bar and have this discussion... ...with your buddies, and hopefully you feel that way as you're listening to us, that you're just kind of sitting around with friends talking about stupid shit, and that's what life is all about to me. This is like the things that that, that people do. Um, so hopefully you join in with us online and do that as well. Um, I'd like to thank Smitty and Steve for joining us today, and uh, hopefully this will continue this Continuing Bond series... And uh Steve, do do we, is this our catchphrase your thing that you're saying here?
1: Uh, I hope not. really. <laughs> I, I'm taking submissions now for a better. No, I'll work on it between now and when we do this next, but uh to Bonfinity and be bond is a rough draft for sure.
0: <laughs> it's a rough draft. Yeah, if you have one, let us know because there are obvious ones, but we're uh, you know we're thinking outside the kind of the box kind of network here. so uh, we, we want something good here. Even if it's as simple as uh, you know, Timothy Dalton was the best Bond. See you later. That would be fine with me. I'm just saying.
2: I'm not sure how that's gonna fly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) D Dalton for life. How's that for a catchphrase?
2: Good night, everybody.